But you can get a cold, cold bowl of ice cream. And you can set it on a counter. And you can take hot fudge. Melted hot fudge. And begin to pour it on top of that ice cream. What happens to that ice cream? It melts, yes. But it becomes a heavenly concoction. (laughs) Fit for kings, amen. It doesn't matter if it's melted, you slurp it in with the bowl. But there's another way we use the idea of fudge. And that's the idea of fudging on stories that we might tell. Jeff, you can take that off. Otherwise, I'm going to get hungry. Thank you, Jesus. Fudge is is winning right now. Okay. All right. Something. Praise God. Anyway, we tend to say, if I'm going to... If I'm going to embellish a little bit on a story, I'm going to fudge the truth. You ever used that phrase or heard that phrase? You know, we need to learn in life to tell the truth. We live in a time when telling the truth seems easier than telling, uh, than telling, telling the lie is easier than telling the truth, isn't it? I don't know about you, but when I watched the unfolding in Paris, France, uh, I didn't say that ISIS is under control. I don't think I could say that. You know, when things start to fall out of control in your life, you don't sit back and go, ah, it's all under control. Everything's good. When the doctor steps up and says, hey, we need to take this part of your body out and put a new part in. Three weeks ago, I said, man, I can't wait for that. And everybody that had this done told me, said, oh, my gosh, preacher, the first three weeks. Oh, preacher. I said, what? They said, oh, I just can't tell you. And they really can't. The fun part is the face of the physical therapist who comes the first day. You've had surgery, right? As Coach Trimble said, they cut you open like a hog and slammed a couple of sledgehammers in each side of your leg. It's when the physical therapist comes later that day and says, Hey, let's go for a walk. (laughs) Yeah, sure. You know, you never know what your body can do until it's pushed. But I could have lied. I could have lied to that doctor and said, No, I'm okay just like this. I just want to stay like I've been. In 1986 is when I had my knee surgery. And I've been battling this since 19... 86. And on October 27th, 2015, when they stood me up that night after the surgery, and they said, what's your pain threshold? I said, I don't have any pain. I had zero pain. And I'm standing on a leg that was just operated on several hours prior to that. And I have no pain. Wow. But I could lie and say, I could fudge and say, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm in really bad shape. Give me more some, some more painkillers. 
But you know, when he learned to tell the truth, truth hurts relationships, doesn't it? John chapter 8, Jesus said to the Jews who have believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Jesus said, I am the way and the, and the, no man comes to the Father but by. But you see, there are circumstances, we think, that cause us to want to fudge things because if we truly tell the truth, things aren't going to be as nice. They're not going to be as good. One of my goals was to lose weight while I was rehabbing my knee. Well, there was only one way that that was going to happen. It was that was if someone was going to control the amount of food that went from my hand to my mouth. And the only way that was going to happen is if God allowed some way for my little wife to stay at home. Because for some reason, I don't know if you've had this problem, but I, I discovered I have an affliction. That when I walk into the kitchen, I never come out without something in my hands. <clears throat> I will walk into the kitchen with nothing in my hands, only to come out of the kitchen with something in my hands that's ready to be eaten by my mouth and my body. Any of you afflicted with that? Cindy calls it grazing. She said, you graze in and you bring stuff out. Well, thank God she has stayed at home, been able to stay at home, and literally has controlled everything that comes out of there and comes into my mouth. Well, the doctor told me the other day, he said, now I want you to get up and start walking. Guess where the first place I went to walk? <laughs> to the bathroom. Oh, come on. <laughs> Wrong. And guess what came back with me? Something. But I could fudge about that. What kind of lies do we think are okay? Well, let me give you three real quick. Number one, there are flattering lies. Flattering lies. They're the lies that you tell to be nice. They're the ones that when your wife says, do I look good in this? Does this make me look fat? <laughs> Lady told her husband she's going to the beauty shop and came home and he goes, oh, were they closed? I think we just caught up with each other. All right. The flattering lies. Number two are the exaggerated lies. They're like what we tell on resumes. When I worked for Microsoft, I had lunch weekly with Bill Gates. I was his key go-to guy. Really? Then there's the third acceptable lie, and that's the benevolent lie. That's the lie that when your friend calls and asks your friend at work about them, and they say, did they ask about me? You'll tell them, no, I didn't talk to you about, about you at all. It's a benevolent lie. You see, we think lies are harmless. That lies don't hurt. That words don't inflict pain. 
Because, oh, they do. Amen? Oh, they do. One thing I've learned about recovering from surgery is that you don't get to make all of your decisions the way you used to. Doctor said, I need to get some water off of you. I said, okay. I'm already on water pills. He said, great, stay on it. Okay. Well, the only problem was not being able to get up out of a chair and taking water pills. <laughs> it doesn't go hand in hand. It doesn't work very well. I'm grateful for a very loving and gracious wife that has loved me through this. Oh, my goodness. And there's times when I've thought about saying something, what I thought would be in jest, that I'm so glad the Holy Spirit said, would you for once shut up? Because it would not have come out right and my, my lovely wife Cindy would not have received it well. Because I was just trying to be silly. And it's in, our, it's in our rush to be silly that we do a lot of damage, don't we? We've got to let people know the truth. Exodus, our verse today is Exodus 20 and verse 16. Uh, you should have an outline in your bulletin that you can follow along with me. It says, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Don't bear false witness against your neighbor. <clears throat> and have you ever done that lately? Or recently? Or within the last... A little while, bore false witness against your neighbor. You don't know what's going on over at their house. You don't know why they scream at 10 o'clock at night. You don't know why. It's really none of your business, is it? <clears throat> it's really none of my business. So why would God put lying in the top ten Words that he shares with us in principles of how we're supposed to live. I'm sure we, we could come up with another commandment in the Bible that's worthy of the top ten that would carry more status than lying, don't you think? Well, I don't think so. Truth is, at the heart of being free, and God is taking a group of people who were slaves and teaching them how to be free. And freedom is found in truth. I saw a young girl this week interviewed. She's 25 years old. She's doing a graduate study. She's not paid one dime in her college education. She's expected it to be given to her. She's expected it to be given to her free. She's expected someone else to pay for it. And this person was asking her, how does that happen? How does that happen? Someone has lied to her. And someone has told her that there are 1% of those in America, in the world, who control all the money. And if those 1% would just pay their fair share, everything would be free. They've added it up. If you took all the people who claim to be one percenters right now, today, 
And they gave everything they had, 100% of everything they had, that would only fund Social Security for three years. What are you going to do about Medicare? What are you going to do about college education funds? What are you going to do about this? What are you going to do about that? And I loved her answer. She said, well, there's always going to be one percenters everywhere. Literally, she needs to, she needs to put her feet is running as fast as they will go, run as hard as she can into that wall, and she will go right through that wall because when she gets to that wall, someone else will have already made the hole for her and it won't be there because there will always be people who will make the hole in the wall for her so she'll never have to hit it. Freedom comes with a price. Freedom comes with a price, doesn't it? You ever done a Google search or a search of certain words in the in your on your computer? I did the word truth. Six hundred songs came up in the titles in iTunes. Six hundred with the with the idea of truth. Here are some, the ugly truth, anything but the truth, the naked truth. I don't even want to know what that song is. The uncomfortable truth. Hmm. Probably goes with the naked truth. Truth, the truth hurts. But here was my favorite, honky-tonk truth. I probably heard that song. But David, King David wrote a song in Psalm 15. He wrote a song about truth, and that's where I want us to spend our time, the rest of the time this morning. I want to look at the power that truth can have in our lives when we allow truth to define us and to shape us. Number one, Psalm 15, verses 1 and 2. It says, O Lord, who may abide in your tent? Who may dwell in your holy hill? Who will walk with integrity and walk righteously and speak truth in his heart? first thing I want you to see from David in Psalm 15 is that truth connects us to God. Truth connects us to God. Raising three boys, they had to learn to fudge about stuff. I've told you this story, but it's so true because it fits so well what I'm trying to say here. Cindy had made chocolate chip cookies. Now, you can buy store-bought chocolate chip cookies. Okay. Uh, you can. And they're okay. If you got enough milk to hold them in until they soften up, they're okay. But they came out with the soft kind. Those are even better. Praise God. But the best kind are the kind that you make at home, and they're soft and pliable and bendable and meltable. And, you know, I'm starting to get to you, aren't I? Yeah, I see some of you. Yes, Jesus, I'm feeling coming. She got through uh, baking cookies. You know, you're supposed to let them sit there and cool down, right? Well, I went in. I noticed there was three or four holes strategically throughout the cookie sheet. And, of course, I inquired, 
Who got these cookies? Quickly came the response. I don't know. Not me. You've been there. But the best part was when you go around the corner and there would they would all three be sitting watching cartoons with chocolate chip melt all over them. But none of them had done it, right? See, truth will connect us to God. How many times have you stood before God and said, God, I didn't do that. God, I wasn't involved in that. God, you understand. You you, you know how I am. You know I'm weak. And why was it that you would do that? And why is it that I would do that? Why is it that we do that? It's because we don't think that God is going to bring consequence on our sin. God is going to bring consequence to your sin. Oh, you can dodge it for quite a while. You can get around and make yourself look really good for quite a while, but God will pay. You will be paid back. You will get paid back. You will. You take advantage of somebody, it will catch up to you. It will. You can lie and you can fudge and you can say, no, boy, they didn't make that promise. Okay, no problem. No problem. You find that real quick when you loan people money. <laughs> Romans one twenty five says, They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than the Creator who is forever praised. Amen. I watched this morning as individuals would gather at these spots in Paris. Flowers piled up, candles lit. People would kneel down to the street and they would go into what looked like to me a posture of prayer. And I just thought to myself, do they have a relationship with God that would let them pray to the God that I know? Why would they think to even do that? You see, God is more out there than we think He's out there. Don't listen to the small percentage of people who says that nobody's listening. Oh, they're listening. Truth. The first characteristic that David notes in this psalm is that truth connects us to God. In 1 John chapter 1, it says, If we claim to have fellowship with Him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus His Son purifies us from all sin. When we desire to know God better and be closer to Him, we will desire to know truth and in turn we will know the truth and we desire to get closer to God, we begin to abide and dwell and those are so important. Abiding with God, dwelling with God, so critically important. David wanted to experience that in his life. You and I should want to abide and to dwell with God. That is all that will get us through the rough times of life. is abiding and dwelling. 
We all screw up in life. I'll, I'll be the first to raise my hand. Anybody want to join me? I'll wait. I'll wait. I know some of you are righteous. I know some of you are having a hard time. Does he want me to raise my hand in church? What did he just say? We all screw up in life. Oh, I'm sorry, I used a heavy term. We all make mistakes that we wish we had not made. Oh, okay, here we go. It's what we do with that that leads us to either dwelling in it or being victorious over it. <laughs> Don't dwell in it. You blew it. Own up to it. Move on to reconciliation. Move on. Oh, I got to pay that person back. Yeah, get the money out of your pocket and pay them back. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. If you stole a dollar from a person, don't wait five years to give them a dollar back. Go give them a dollar. Well, preacher, you just don't know what kind of shape I was in and still in. Do you eat at McDonald's at all? It's artisan now. It's not McDonald's, it's a McDonald's. See, it used to be Jack in the Box, now it's Jacques in the Box. It used to be Wendy's, now it's Wendy's. Hey, I'm telling you, if you eat at McDonald's, you could pay back the dollar you owe real fast. You see, because what we tend to do is when we, we have borrowed from someone is that we think, well, they're a brother, sister in Christ. They understand my situation. They know that I'll get it to them eventually. No, they don't. I don't know that. A lady, she's been getting our boxes for us for our Thanksgiving outreach. You know, I need 200 boxes. And I told her, I said, I do not expect you to pay for these boxes. And if you pay for them, I'm going to hurt you. She said, well, but pastor, I said, don't give me but pastor stuff. I said, if you want to buy some of them, fine. But let me buy at least two boxes, would you? Well, I'm working on it. I said, okay. But I never ever want people to believe that the church is set up to be a taker and not a giver in life. So why should we as believers believe that we ought to be takers in life and not givers in life? Suck it up, buttercup, and get it done. Truth. You are a sinner. You are sitting in a life of sin. Get over it. Get past it and start living the way God wants you to live. Psalm 15 and verse 3. David leads us to the second issue. He says, He does not slander with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor, nor takes up a reproach against his friend. You see, the second thing I want you to pick up from David in Psalm 15 from this song about truth is that truth endears us to each other. When I was dating Cindy, when I first started dating her, she was she was a freshman. I was a senior. Well, that alone should have taken care of the issue. 
the fact that I was a senior, she was a freshman, I was stopping to give her the time of day as a senior. She's working in the library. The only, my only connection to her at that moment was she was cute as could be. That hadn't changed. I liked what I saw when I went up to get a stapler at the desk because my little stapler was out of staples. And I'm a senior. I've got to get my term papers turned in. First time in four years I had them all done ahead of time. I was so proud of myself. I go to get my last staple, put in my last paper, and there's no staple in my little stapler. I'm going to go ask that good-looking girl up there. How, where were you people weren't there. What are you getting into my story here? I could have told her. I could have went up there and said, told her this story about I need a stapler because of this, this thing, which is what I did. I told her the truth. But I had an ulterior motive. Oh, yeah, I did. I didn't tell her the whole truth. Because I wanted to be able to take her out to dinner and to a movie. Because I liked what I saw. God had blessed me with good eyesight at that time. And I was so grateful that the truth that I shared about my little stapler endured. Because 38 years later, I'm still married to that little staple girl. Now she will tell that story altogether different. She's in the room today. She's already heard my story. Let it go, people. Let it go. But isn't it funny how stories can get fudged a little bit? See, because the way that story ended was as I asked for the staper, she said, Well, how much money do you have? <laughs> I said, All right, now I'm a senior. You're a freshman. You you don't want to go here, little friend. Just give me the stapler. Well, see, I found that she was bringing some enduring truth back to me. She must have liked me too. I said, because I'll tell you, I'll take you out to dinner and to a movie. She said, here's your stapler. Boy, I was smart, wasn't I? You people are way ahead of me, aren't you? But you know, I'm so grateful that over the years, Cindy and I have learned to tell the truth to each other. We, we haven't always done that, but we've learned to do that. Are you following me on that? Haven't always done it, but I've learned to do it. And if there's any advice I would give you as a as an old guy to a young person, younger person, tell them the truth. Tell the truth. You don't have to worry about who you told and what you told them. If you always tell the truth. David in this psalm. It says those that are walking with God who tell the truth, he tells them they don't backbite and got they don't backbite or gossip. They don't do their neighbors wrong, and they don't speak evil of their friends. 
Well, that's pretty powerful, isn't it? It's the kind of person I'd like to hang around. How about you? David tells us who we ought to, how we ought to be. Proverbs 27, wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. <laughs> how about that one? You know, we may agree with that statement. But what it shows is that we, we really believe and what we should believe is who do we go to for counsel. We have to be very careful about that. Very careful. Okay? In Ephesians 4.15 says, Instead we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body of His church. I'm convinced more and more and more that the things that we say, and I, 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 I'm becoming more and more convinced as well, that what I intended to say never really was intended to be received the way it was received. Ever. You know, if I told a person, my gosh, what's wrong with you? Did I really say anything that would inflict harm on them? No. But boy, my facial expression and my state, my, my inflection of my voice sure said there's something wrong with What's wrong with me? One of the things that I've developed over the, that been allowed to develop over the last 20 plus years is, is getting to pray with the football team. Now it's really public because I'm out at the 20-yard line on the football field. <laughs> that's, pretty, that's pretty obvious what we're doing. But I've missed the last two weeks because of this knee surgery. So Friday I went down, I was sitting on my little stool and on, off the field, and I got up to walk out to the field, and the defensive line coach and the players were all coming toward me. And they said, no, we're coming to you tonight, Pastor. I had to stop and think a minute. The power of words. Number 52. What we call him. Big T. Sweet T. Whatever kind of T you want to call him. His grandmother's here. She called him Henri T. <laughs> she called him. I'm going to beat him T. Yeah. 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 She don't see the lovey, lovey little T like we see <laughs> But every Friday he comes to find me and asks me to pray for him. Every Friday. Words mean a lot, don't they, folks? And we have to be very, very careful about how we say it, when we say it, to whom we say it, why we say it. If we're upset and frustrated, don't say it. If we're on a little bit of drug... Drug pills to help with knee surgeries. Be very careful about saying it. I'm starting to lean this way because that's starting to kick in. So I'm almost done. I promise. Thank you, Jesus. Lying never causes growth. Only truth can cause growth. And then David gives us the third thing I want you to take away from this today about don't lie. Psalm 4, uh, 15, verses 4 and 5. says, in, the, in whose eyes a reprobate is despised, but who honors those who fear the Lord, he swears to his own hurt and does not change. He does not put out his money at interests 
nor does he take the bribe against the innocent. He does. He who does these things will never be shaken. Truth brings us honor. Can it be said of you and me, their, their word is as good as gold? Yeah, it needs to be. Is, are my words, what I say to people, can they just turn around and never again wonder whether I'm going to follow through and do what I just said I would do? Mm. That's how relationships break down. That's how marriages crumble. That's how parents and children don't get along. Parents will make promises to kids who ne- and they never intend to keep the promise. Well, be careful, parents. Be careful. We got to watch them. Oh, they're they're sponges. They're they're watching everything you do. Everything you do. I never will forget when Corey was ten. My son Corey. We were in a minivan, which we swore we'd never have, right? All of our life. So we got a minivan. We're driving down. It's Corey's his 10th birthday. We're driving down Memorial. I'll never forget this. Just, just like it was yesterday. Cindy says, Corey, it's your birthday. Where do you want to go to for your birthday, for your birthday dinner? We both figured he would say McDonald's or something with a play area, right? Oh, he's 10 years old. He's a boy, right? I mean, barely the words got out of her mouth. Where do you want to go for your birthday party? And he didn't yell. Hooters! (laughs) I've never seen a five foot tall woman with a longer arm than that day reaching for her child. No, we didn't get to go to Hooters that night. Yes, we ended up at uh, Chuck E. Cheese, I believe it was. That's as close to Hooters as that boy was going to get. Well, she asked. And he was truthful. (laughs) Truth brings honor. We need to always remember that just like our sin nature comes out because we don't stop sin, we'll never control what we say, how we say it, why we say it, as long as we keep leaky valves working. You got to turn off the valves, folks. Well, I, boy, you know, when I'm at work, I just, I don't have the control I have when I'm at church. Really? Well, you should. Well, when I'm at home, it's my house. I can talk the way I want to talk. You sure can. But don't get upset when your kids start acting the way you act. When your kids start talking the way you talk. Don't get upset. When they curse because they heard you curse. Mrs. Lemon 
my second grade teacher, Carol Ditto, my little friend in school, second grade. Not that I remember this at all. I'm in the second grade. I shouldn't remember that. How old should I be in the second grade? Nine? Eight? Seven? It happened like it just, I can, I'm just, it's happening right now. <laughs> That's how ingrained, ingrained it is. I'm on the playground and Carol Ditto got in the way and I shoved her down to the ground. And then I threw a ball at her <clears throat> because she was in the way. She was a prissy little thing and he had her hair all curled up and all that bouncy stuff. Always wore a skirt, a dress, frilly thing. Don't get out here in the middle of the ball. Get out of here. She got in the middle of the ball. She paid a price. <clears throat> God and I have worked through it. We've worked through it. But I get inside from recess and guess who's up at the teacher's desk? Talking to Miss Lemon. And guess who's a witch looking woman anyway, Mrs. Lemon. And guess who became more so that day than any other day, Mrs. Lemon. And guess who got called up in front of the class that day after recess by Mrs. Lemon. And guess who got to answer the question, what did you say to her out on the playground? I said, I didn't say anything to her. Well, that's not what she said. So was her word more truthful than mine? Evidently so. She said, you're going to tell me what you just told her out there. I said, well, I told her this. So I just let off a string of words that might hurt my older brothers all say at home. I didn't have any idea what they meant. I had any idea. Just because it starts with certain letters. I didn't know that other letters had to follow that. I didn't know that. And if you did follow those other letters with those letters that started, that people's eyes got real big. I didn't know that either. And when you got to the last one that you should never say, I didn't know that ivory soap followed that. <laughs> Nobody told me that. I even got a chance to repent about that while I was putting this together. Truth will always set you free. Ephesians 4. What this adds up to, I think David and Paul were probably conferring about this. <laughs> what this adds up to then is this. No, one, no more lies, no more pretense. Tell your neighbor the truth. In Christ's body we're all connected to each other after all. And when you lie to others, you end up lying to yourself. You end up lying to yourself. It began in the garden with Adam and Eve, didn't it? It all began back, that woman that you sent me, Adam said. Men have been blaming women all of their lives for their shortcomings, for their lack of discipline. Men have been blaming women all their lives for all the mistakes that they make because they ain't got enough kahunas to stand up and do what's right. Because they haven't got enough backbone and enough discipline in their life to do what's right. They've been blaming women all their life for that. All women, though, man, you guys, y'all right up top drawer. Because you instantly begin to blame other people. 
That's what Eve did, didn't she? Well, if you hadn't created that serpent. <laughs> we're, we're a pitiful mess, aren't we? Or as my wife says about my grandkids, you're just a hot mess, aren't you? You know, folks, for most of us, we, we need to spend some time cleaning up our life. We're walking in sin that we should never be walking in. Oh, we prayed. We asked God to forgive us, and God forgave us. Only to pick the backpack up from the cross and carry it off again. We never intended to leave it in the first place. Some of us owe each other stuff. Pay it back. Do it before Thanksgiving. Some of us owe a word of sorrow. Some of us just owe a word of apology. I'm sorry I said that to you. Some of us just need to look at the guy in the mirror, that person in the mirror, and go, you know, I've really been lying to you too, haven't I? I hope I haven't rambled too much today. But as we close this series out on Ten Commandments, don't lie. Don't lie. Tell the truth. Always tell the truth. Tell the truth about your neighbor. Tell the truth about your friends. Tell your truth about Almighty God. You know, God loves you with an everlasting love. He loves you and me in such a way that He wants to spend forever with us. Have you stopped and considered how long that is? <laughs> it's hard for you and me to spend the same, you know, ten minutes in the same room with each other. But God wants to spend forever with us. Is that not an incredible thought? And when we screw up, and when we screw up really bad, and when we really, 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 really mess up really, really, really bad, who's the first one that says, Hey, Harold, I haven't seen you in a while. So glad to see you. Come on over here. Who's the first one? You know who it is. How about you today? How about you today be that first one? How about you today make that phone call after church? How about you today send that text message out? Shoot an email to them. I don't know what it is. My little sister called me last night. My little sister never calls me. But she called me because she saw a picture that was put on Facebook of me sitting at the 20-yard line at a football game. And she said, how could you do that after having leg surgery? I said, did you see those 15 to 20 young men circled around me there? She goes, yeah. That's how. I said, it may not mean much to them. But it must mean something to them. Because words mean something. And if I promise, I need to follow through. Amen? So here's the challenge. Even I promised God that we would serve Him with all of our hearts. Amen? You and I promised God that we would give Him everything that we have. Amen? 
You and I promised God that we would be faithful to the very end. Amen. So if you're here today and you've been baptized by Christ, I don't know when that was, but you should know. And you've, you've backslidden a little bit, as they call it. You've struggled a little bit. Might be a great day to get that cleaned up. Maybe there's somebody in this room that you've offended. This would be a great day to get that cleaned up too. Well, preacher, they've already died. I can't, I can't clean it up. Oh, yeah, you can. That's the great news. Oh, yeah, you can. You get on your knees and you call out to God and you say, God, I need to talk to whoever that is. For me, I went to the cemetery and I sat, got down beside my dad's grave. And I, I, people must have thought I was nuts because, man, I was yelling at him. I was screaming at him. I had a stick. I was beating the ground. Tears running down my face. I was a whopping 21 years old. It's never too late to get right with God. And it's never too soon. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you that your word has been preached today. I'm grateful that you have been in our presence today, Lord. And now I'm praying today, Lord, that there might be somebody in this room today who might respond to you. Father, it's really easy to just stay in a seat, to never get up, to never acknowledge, to never say, just to be content. God, I want to see some people move today. I want to see some people who will get out of their chair, will get on their knees, and take care of some business with you. I don't know what it is. You do. I don't have to know. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. But this I do know. You want us to tell the truth. You want us to be whole. You want us to be well. And you want us to be so in love with you that we'll do everything that we know how to keep that relationship working. For somebody here today, God, I need you. Would, you, would they respond? In Jesus' name, amen. Great song. Let's sing it together.